After returning home from the burn, Arcel has gotten all of the dust out of the cracks and crevices that they didn't believe could actually hold the dust. They chose not to divorce their hamsters and went back to the mundane world. Let's see if Rowan actually has a chance to have some rest and relaxation or some R&R. Samantha, the paintball mask is a little bit tight and you adjust it as you hear the sound of tiny little paintballs whizzing overhead. You're in a post-apocalyptic themed kind of camp um, set up with trees and some fired out vehicles and bunkers out in the woods in Northern California. It's been a hell of a date so far. You've gotten to uh, plink and shoot a few people. Your adrenaline is going as you, you see that uh, one of the flags that needs to be captured and returned back to your base within eyesight. It's just hanging there. And there's also a fellow dressed in camouflage with also a paintball mask. And he's got no, no marks on him just yet. Not looking at you. All right, moving just as quietly as possible, I'll like slink down behind cover as I'm trying to get closer without stepping on anything. I've gotten a pretty good sense for the range of this paintball gun over the course of this date and edge closer as quietly as I can and take the shot. You sneak up and, and you raise the paintball marker up and you see out of the corner of your eye, you see your date, Baz, also sneaking and he points two fingers to his eyes and points at the guy and nods. You pull the trigger on the paintball marker and you hear thud. Oh, damn it. And the guy raises his hand and starts to walk off, leaving the flag just sitting there velcroed to that line all by its lonesome. And you see Baz is sneaking up uh, alongside, providing you with some cover look over at him and grin and then just like quick head up look around to make sure that we're not about to get tagged by someone before we can grab the flag famous last words is looks clear mm. I've been around rooster too much I don't trust that but I will just sort of shrug and go fuck it it's a game and dart for it as quickly as possible as you start to run you see a little bit of movement on your right hand side you dive out of the way and hide behind a tree almost instinctually as you hear the sound of paintballs hitting off a tree behind you. Looks as though that they've spotted Baz. Okay, I'll make eye contact with Baz and gesture firm for him to lead them away. He kind of shrugs at you, shakes his head a little bit, and then runs off quite loud. And I'll get to the flag as quickly as I can. You're able to get to the flag with no problem and unvelcro the flag from its uh, hanging wire that has it up there. You now have it in your hand. You have to return it home. All right. I'm going to pause for a second and listen to hear where the greatest commotion is and try to be on the outskirts of it so that anyone who is involved in it is paying attention to the noise and not to me. Above you in one of the tree stands, you see that there is one of the referees who has his eye on the entire battlefield, because there's a couple of them up there. And uh, he makes a motion to you, and you notice he's counting down from five to four to three to two to one. And when he reaches one, he blows a whistle. 
meaning that someone has captured a flag. And I move as quickly as I can to not be there when people start uh, converging on the spot. You hear the sound of the paintballs bouncing off of trees nearby as some of them are just firing uh, wildly into the space near the flag, near that base. You zigzag through the trees and you see your, your goal, your base, is currently being defended by a couple of your teammates. You see Baz is walking back with his hand up and he's got a couple of paintball splats on both his arms and his back and he looks at you. He just nods. You can't see his face underneath the mask. You can't see his smile, but his smile is definitely in his eyes. Right when you're about to to cross the line, you see someone pop up from the other team. Those damn campers. Looks like he's about ready to fire at you. What I would like for you is to roll your dodge. Oh, man. I was all like, we're not going to roll dice during this today. Uh, okay. Um, that is 45 out of 53. You don't feel the paintball hit you. Um, and it doesn't, you're pretty sure that it, that it flies past your shoulder as you twist out of the way and dive into the area of your camp, of your base. Go into a full baseball slide. (laughs) A whistle up above blows four times, signaling the end of the game. You hear a bunch of your teammates uh, call out and cheer, and even even your opposing team kind of cheers. Baz comes over to you and puts his arm around you and, and picks you up one-armed. I laugh and pull the, the mask off of my, my face and uh, bend my head down and kiss him. Adrenaline is just, like, sky high at the moment. Uh, he reciprocates, and it's a uh, quick and passionate kiss, and he puts you back down, and he's all smiles. And you realize that, yeah, there's a reason why you have hung on to him, at least for uh, for certain reasons. Definitely aesthetically pleasing. He's very pretty. He's very strong. Very pretty, very strong. And even out here in the woods, he smells good. And he's very smart. It's a... Uh... It definitely crosses Samantha's mind, and not for the first time, that if she were inclined to, to actually date someone, she might consider dating him. Except he's not monogamous. Not like she really cares about that. The gal that almost shot you comes over to you and shakes your hand, and I thought I had you. Son of a bitch, that was a slick move. <laughs> oh, that's what you get for being a fucking camper, but uh, laughing and shaking her hand. A couple beers are handed around to to the folks that drink and enter drinks for others and some Gatorade. Overall, it's been a fantastic date. There was enough interaction between the two of you and engagement and conversation and a little bit of the competitiveness that you both kind of have in a very healthy way. The date does not end there, though. You head back to Baz's place, and after being covered in sweat and grime and dirt and actually with a few paintballs that you've been hit with during other uh, skirmishes and scrimmages because yeah there's no way you did not get shot at least three or four times i've got those fun uh round bruises in a couple of places and part of the fun is having your partner poke them or you poke your partners at weird inopportune times like the one that you poked in the middle of baz's back that he can't reach and you kept poking You did that because it causes his muscles in his butt to tighten up, and, I mean, why not, right? It's very aesthetically pleasing. 
so you head back to Baz's new place. He's since moved, moved a little bit closer to his uh, martial arts school that he teaches at. And with the showers done and the other extracurricular activity and aggressive negotiations and persuasions were, uh, were initiated, things went well. If you were someone to smoke, you might have lit up a cigarette. But uh, you're about ready to uh, get ready to head out and you hear the door open. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry, Bib. He uh my roommate's back. Um you know, no big deal. Just we'll just wait a oh, little bit. I, I didn't know you had a roommate. Yeah. You know, you can make some good money being a martial arts instructor if you're not moral. But mm. I don't charge for classes a whole lot, just enough to cover the cover rent on the place and kind of put a roof over my head. So, you know, in this economy, yeah, I need a roommate. No, I get that. Baz, Max and I are going to watch a movie if you want to join. I've got popcorn and wine. Um, um, I'll be out in a, in a bit. Um, yeah. And he opens up the door to his bedroom and hangs a sock on the door. Fuck, I haven't had to do that since college. And Samantha darts back away from the door so that no one can look in. All of the color has drained out of her face. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin No, no, no. No, no, uh, no, you're, you're, you're totally fine. Um, he comes with his hand, like he walks toward you with his hands open, like he wants to put his hands on your hips and looks down for visual consent. And sort of breathe out and nod and and lean up into him. Puts his hands on your hips. I just wanted to make sure it was okay. That was definitely a flight response. Are you okay? Uh, no, I'm good um kind of pause and listen for the sound of like a door closing or anything you hear the sound of the refrigerator opening and closing and then a another door closing kind of like lean forward and rest my head on baz's chest and just like let out this weird little laugh i'll explain later but i need to go i promise i will explain later okay we're good i just i i just need to go all right. I'm sorry. And lean up and kiss him. He kisses you back and also kisses you on the forehead. Swatch you on the ass. All right, well, go on, get out of here. I'll go entertain and my, my roommate and his friend. They're, they're cool people. You should you should meet them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, um, yeah. And getting dressed as quickly as possible. Just, like, reach over, grab tennis shoes. Cool. Um... Yeah, I'll call you later. All right. Walks over and you take a moment and appreciate his chiseled physique. There's a lot of good things wrapped up in this guy, though you know he has his issues. I mean, he's he's got volumes, but who doesn't? You know, he bends down and grabs and slides on some gray sweats and uh, off-white tank top. Yeah, good specimen of a fellow. Very pretty. I definitely do take a moment to appreciate the view before heading out of the room moving all like my adrenaline is spiking about as much as it was during the paintball match it's like fuck 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 no they cannot see me here i do not want this part of my life crossing over and try to sneak out the hall and out the front door you open the door and it's a pretty long hallway to the front door it's like oh this hallway feels longer than it did before 
And there's definitely like a part of my brain that is trying not to have a panic reaction, but also just like, get out, get out, get out, get out. You move quickly, padding along quietly, holding your shoes in your hand. And the door to Baz's roommate's room opens up. And you see Max step out, holding an empty wine glass, looking directly in your eyes. Hey! Hi! Oh. Are we allowed to talk about- uh... It's it's one of those things that I don't think we do right. I think that if- that if people- the upper- anyway, um, yeah. Um... Uh, you know, just, um... Brian gets up and goes to the door. (laughs) Oh, hey. Hi, Brian. Oh, so you're... Okay, you're who Baz has been seeing. Cool. Oh. Yeah, sock on door. (laughs) Um. Yep, yep. Um. Congratulations. He's... Oh, my. He's great. (laughs) I think we can all agree about that. <laughs> Seconded, thirded, written in stone, all of that. Um, boy. Uh, I mean, we were about to just. Uh, you're welcome to join us if you want. We've got a good selection of films. You're gonna. Yeah, we like. Well, we used to like scarier stuff. I'm, we're thinking like some classic horror movies, like Dracula or something like that. We're sticking away from like the play on nines for now because I just can't. But um, yeah, it's toned it's toned down a little bit due to things. Things. Yeah, I completely understand. You know what? Is I don't know. Is that weird? Is it weird? This is weird, right? It's, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. It's weird. Um. You know what? We're just gonna um, go back in in uh, here, yeah. and mm-hmm. we'll close the door, and then you know, you if do you're you... here, you're here. If you're not, you're not, and we will never speak of it. <laughs> Samantha kind of thinks about that for a second, and is like, "I'd like to watch some films with you, if that's not too weird." I know it's weird, but is it too? If it's not too weird, I'd like to join you. I, I mean, I think it would be fun. Do we? Um, how how do we? And she kind of points down the hall and points towards towards Baz's room. We tell him that we've done some work together. Does he knows what you do as a normie, right? No. Yeah. Oh, then that's fine. We can totally say we've run into each other. At the office, right? That should work. Okay. I think that should work. Great. Okay. Um. Yeah. Pour me a glass. I'm gonna go tell him that to come join. Cool. All right. All right. Cool. Well, Sweet. Uh, I'll... I'll make room. Or maybe we should, let's move out to the living room. Actually. Yeah. We can. We can use the big TV. Yeah. Hey. Even better. And I'll go back to Baz's room and just like lightly tap on the door with a knuckle. He opens up the door. Oh. So I recognized your roommate and his friends' voices. Um, We've done work together before. And it kind of surprised me a lot, actually, because 
you know, work and personal stuff, I usually try not to mix up too much, but also you're right, they're very cool people, and we're watching Dracula. You want to come along? Uh, yeah, sure. Cool. You know them? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with my day job, periodically I have to interface with all sorts of people, and... <laughs> oh, interface. That's a word. Well, it's, it's, it's the word I prefer. Okay. Like we, how we just interfaced? Hey! Hey, no! <laughs> Very different. Very different kind of interfacing. They're, 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 they're cute, but, you know. Okay. What's that face? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Alright, go get some wine. Baz! <laughs> Alright, Tiana, um, because we're improving a skill or a stat using our downtime actions or our home actions, I would like you to make a test of that skill. Go ahead and give me that roll. If you fail it, you have improved at a, of a D amount. If you succeed, you will still improve it, but it is only by one point here for us. Got it. Okay, yeah, that is a 31 out of 11. All right, so that's a failure. So go ahead and roll 1d10. Roll a 1d10 and see how, how well you add onto that skill. Ooh, I almost doubled it. That's an 8. Excellent. Go ahead and add 8, and that's to your stealth skill, even though you did not successfully stealth out of the apartment. I mean, it is in the failure that you learn how to be better at things. Right? Well, they found each other on the playa. At the temple. Isn't that sweet? Let's check in on Rooster and Elena. Jeremy, you sit up in Elena's bed in her new apartment. She's lying on her side, looking at you, and you can feel her hand tracing numbers or designs on your back. I thought you were gone. Yeah. I'm glad you're back. Me too. You know, you, we've been through a lot, and I think we can do this. You can't do this alone, and I'm, and I'm here with you, and I'm glad that you realize that you can't do this alone. And I, I never thought I could. I just too goddamn stubborn. Yeah, I know. And like I said, in some weird fucked up sense my PTSD brain thought I was protecting you and it's fucked up and it's wrong I know I know okay I can handle myself I've shanked a motherfucker once or twice okay I take it back my PTSD brain thought I was protecting me more like it she smiles and tickles you a little bit on your side I know that you want to get out of your other place that you were in and I think that we can move back in together, but I need to know your therapy schedule and I need to know your plan because we can't really go off the rails here. We're going to need the plans. And you gave them to me already, but... Yeah. Look, that's the plan. I'm, I'm not shirking it. The only thing that changes that schedule is you or if something goes bump in the night. Okay. And not me going bump in the night. You, you know what I mean. We're going to go bump in the night a lot. And in the morning and in the afternoon. And with that, she swings her leg over your shoulder. And now she's sitting behind you. And she gets her hooks in and kind of gets into a harness. I need breakfast. Carry me to breakfast, brave steed. 
Ho! I would never call her that, unless she wanted it. I leave the socks this time, because I learned my lesson, and I'm good at learning lessons, and uh, trot my way to the kitchen, where I let Elena do the cooking because I still burn cereal. She has you push the button on the toaster, and somehow the toaster came out extra dark, and it baffles her. Well, you got one of those new air fryer toaster things that's even more complicated than the last one. It's one button, and it's got pictures. Do I need to draw on it with crayons? How it do might you do help. this? <sighs> it's a curse. Some people ruin technology. I ruin food, and then I eat it. At least it's not horribly bad, and she scrapes the toast with the knife. All right, it's bad. Let me make these over. All right, so you're meeting up with, with Ruby later on today? If that's what the calendar says. Yeah, it says, says that, and... Uh, do you want me to go with you to your fitting f for the prosthetic? I mean, honestly, it's probably just going to be a whole lot of hurry up and wait. And I'm not sure the VA would approve of what we usually do when we're bored. What's the worst thing they're going to do? Kick us out? Yeah, and then we have to start this whole thing over. I'll be good, I promise. I'll be real good. And she bites her lip. Yeah... I know you will. That's the problem. And she stands up and she kind of saunters each step, shaking her hip a little, hips a little bit more. Real good. Okay, fine. You can come with me. I promise. Oh, somebody's going to. All right. So what we're going to do is work on work on sanity. And you know what? Unironically, we're going to be using back to nature. This is actually, this is not going to reduce your bond with her, but this is actually going to add sanity. So go ahead and give me a sanity roll. That means roll them on the table, Ben, not on the floor. I hadn't rolled. That was me just trying to pick it up. That was me rolling it. Uh, 89. I very much failed sanity. You very much failed sanity. All right. So your sanity is going to go up by one. And your bond with uh, Elena is at its maximum. Is that correct? Yes. All right. She helps ground you. And, uh, you know, in doing so, that, that gives you a nice little uh, bump in feeling well. Let's see what's going on with Ross. Seems like he's getting his pump in. Get your mind out of the gutters, you perverts. Brian, you just completed one round of the circuit workout that you've been working on. Baz is right there with you, following along and pushing you, and you're pushing him in that friendly competitiveness that he's known for that's almost infectious. So, uh, that wasn't weird, weird at all, was it? No, I think it was fine. Um, I didn't, I don't think I realized the connection between you two, but it's cool. I mean, you and I, we had a connection at one time, but I mean, that was a while ago. That's yeah, not gonna. That's yeah. not gonna cause a problem between, no, between no, you, no, no, you no, and her, no. though, right? No, no. I mean, we're still cool. Yeah. I mean, she's cool. Yeah. I think she's good for you. Am I just saying cool a whole lot to you know project my uh, insecurities? Probably, but that's fine. Okay, let's hit the superset. All right. You work out and. Uh, you get to, uh, you know, your, your personal record for deadlifts today. 
and uh, he follows along, and he just barely misses his. Man, I'm... Do you think she's worthwhile to pursue? Yeah, I mean, you should probably talk about it with her, like what... I know, whatever you, you're like. I don't know what you're looking for, or what she's looking for. But you went to the you went to that thing in the desert with her, so I mean, you learn a lot about people out there. I know that. That's true. Um, yeah, she's she's cool. But is she stable? Yes. I'm not sure if that was hesitation there, or you're just out of breath. Probably. Yeah, I think I'm out of breath. <sighs> all right. Uh, all right. Do we want to do pull downs or, or, or are we done for the day? Um, I could go a little more. So you guys don't push to exhaustion or push to failure, but you do get a good workout and good burn going. It's a nice bonding time with Baz. Granted, you guys have had history in the past, but again, realized it wasn't worthwhile as a, he's, he's not necessarily best relationship material. Even though he's a really good guy, he just seems to attract a lot of folks. Yeah, I think we're we're good as friends. Yeah, and not bad roommates either. So you're able to uh, work out, you know, kind of get back to nature. And so uh, we're going to use this to focus and regain some sanity as you lose yourself in your working out. As you're going through some of your, your lifts toward the end... You pick your eyes up and you gaze at your reflection in the mirror and the mirrors that are all around you in the gym. And you think you see something move by in the corner. I definitely try not to let Baz see me react. Well, he's spotting you and he sees you hesitate and... You you good? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I just, uh, that was... I think I'm getting tired. All right, maybe all right. This, maybe this is it. Yeah. All right, last one, last one, last one. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Push. Okay. Ugh. And you re-rack the weights. Go ahead and give me a sanity test and see how you do. Okay. Nope. Let me not drop the die. Don't drop the die. Uh, seventy-one out of fifty-two. Out of fifty-two. Okay. You do not go up by 1d4, but you are going to go up by 1. Because in this instance, you did want to make it. But your sanity does go up by 1. I'll take it. Your bond with Baz, your bond with him goes up by 1. Sweet. And now for something that's always wholesome. Let's see what's going on with River and his kid. River, thinking back to your time on the playa when you had to go undercover and just wait to exfil through Exodus. You did get to talk to a few people that were flying the drones, that were doing parts of the light show. It piqued your interest professionally, but also personally. Here is a neat toy and tool that you could use. One, you like your nature and also could come in handy in your job, but also it gives you some amazing views. You were able to make a few contacts with some of the pilots, and some of them are from uh, Northern California and Central California as well. You get invited to a meetup in Rancho Seco with some of the guys that were putting on the, the show. They invite you to come out to learn how to fly or just play around with some of their less expensive ones and to see some of the programming that goes involved because they're always hoping to recruit more people to come and you know, fly drones at the burn maybe next year. And I 
I do mention this to Katie, and it, once I do that, I have to bring her along. Yes, Katie is all about doing that. The contact that you met, his uh, playa name is Firefly, and his real name is Omar. Omar greets you and waves at you as you pull into the park at Rancho Seco, you know, with the cooling towers in the background. And there's about 20 or so folks, you know, in one of the meadows. And you see that the, there's a bunch of drones, you know, coming up off the ground. And there is this annoying buzz in the air of all of the drones kind of going up at once. Omar greets you and Katie. He greets you with a hug and shakes Katie's hand and goes over and introduces you with some more of the folks. The community is really nice. They're all about showing off their toys and it's like those high-tech meetups and maybe even worse because there's a level, a feeling of superiority that you hear some of these folks talk about with their drones over remote-controlled airplanes and remote-controlled helicopters. It seems as though that it's almost like a little bit of a inter-hobby squabble or a little bit of tension between them, but it, it just adds to it. You and Katie are given controls with a phone attached to it so that you can see where the drones are flying and the views. You're allowed to take them up and cruise around. This, this is really cool. How far away can they go? He gives you the specifications of how far you should be able to go. Don't worry, if it goes too far, it will actually stop and start to bump back. And if it goes too high, it will begin to lower itself. We do have, the, these have some auto controls, so you don't just send them off on their own and then they lose, lose signal and drop to the ground. And they should have an auto descend as well when their battery starts going low. So please not to put it over there. And he points at the big body of water. Even though the one that you're flying is only about 90 bucks, um, I'd rather not have to go fish it out because... Um, points over. Dakota over there, she uh, she lost one of her uh, small, small drones to a largemouth bass. It landed in a landed in a creek, and next thing we know, that big thing came up and just swallowed it. It was a hell of a sight, man. Oh no, you get those batteries in, in the drinking water supply, I'm going to have to write you up. Oh shit, that's right. I'm sorry. Nope, nope. Didn't hear that. Right, Dakota? And she just kind of like waves off she, like she wasn't even paying attention. You play around with it, and... Uh, it's fun. Katie is having a blast. You're having a blast. It's it's almost as though that it's addictive. And you kind of get the hang of it. Omar, uh, do you think this is going to be something that you, you're you going to be wanting to do more regularly? Uh, yeah, I think this, this could come in useful for my work. And, um, plus, it's, it's just a blast. It's an expensive hobby. I do want to warn you of that, Katie. Like, 3D printers aren't expensive. We now have five. How did we get the five? Well, Dad, the, the, this other one had a, you know, it was, it doesn't, it works in 8K. I mean, not like we don't have the money. Keep buying 3D printers. We won't have it for that long. Okay. And she smiles and Omar's like, yeah, you know, the kid, the kid's got a point. She, uh. You know, it, this is kind of like, you know, getting 3D printers. Hey, also, if any of your parts break, a lot of them you could 3D print the replacements because, you know, lightweight resin and plastic and, you know, all that stuff is, is all readily available. See, Dad? See? Our hobbies can work in conjunction, work together. Yes, but we are going to be careful with the drones and not break them. Of course. 
Omar and the crew there show you how to fly them in the basic rundown. And next thing that you know that you have uh, done some research online and have a fairly inexpensive starter kit set to be delivered in your home in the next couple days. Learning the, the pilot skill drone. Now, normally you'd go ahead and you'd make a, a skill check to see if you fail. Well, guess what? You're always going to fail because you have a pilot of zero. I do. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do 1d10 plus 1d4 to start you off with those new skills because um, he is a, it's going to also be a specialty training. So underneath pilot, you're going to list underneath that drone. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's an eight and a one. All right. So nine is not a bad place to start with that skill. Maybe next time, if you want to increase it, maybe you can go take one of those FAA courses to learn how to fly the bigger ones. Yep. And get that certification. And now back to the semblance of normalcy. Office drones and interns. What's going on with Reagan? Max, you're at the office of Grandin and Burke LLC, working on a few things for both the EEL group as well as some minor work on the Patagon Owl Society. You're in your office and you've got your nose down. You're actually fixing some paperwork and a couple video files and you get a pop-up on your teams and it's an unknown user and it says Maxine exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point she'll she'll go ahead and and pop it open and just reply with a question mark a picture of you and Brian walking to lunch yesterday pops up from behind a pole somewhere downtown, not far from one of your favorite deli spots. She replies, what do you want? You know what I want. I really don't know. We know where you live. And? We're watching. Should I be putting on a show? That would get us more money. Is that what you're after? Isn't that what everybody is after? As a great philosopher once said, everything is sex, except sex, which is power. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't want sex. We're not into that type of blackmail. We're into the better blackmail. Politics. I can't do anything unless I know what you want. We will let you know. Ta-ta for now. Brian knocks on the door to your office and it looks as though that he has a package. It looks like it's a flower box. Hey, Max, this came. It's addressed for you. I don't know who it is. Having seen maybe one or two spy movies in her life, Max wants to take this down to us. Well, it made it in the building. She wants to take this down the security regardless. She wants to throw it through the metal detector. You take it out of Brian's hand and just walk past him. Where's she going? I follow her. You head downstairs. The security guards are there and they wave to you and, you know, make small talk. Hey, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Hey, um, do you mind? I, I assume this got checked through at the mailroom, but um, 
It's a package. I don't know who it's from. Do you mind just uh, run it through the scanner real fast? Uh, yeah, sure. The security guard on his uh, radio says, hey, can I get a little bit of help out here? We might have an issue within a couple moments because this is the most exciting thing that these folks have seen in the world of ever. You now have almost all of the security guards show up as they put the flower box through the uh, x-ray and metal detector again. To their dismay, as you're looking at the x-ray of the box that comes out the other side, it's just long stem roses. Hmm, weird. She pops open the box. Are we sure this isn't just from Oliver? I, um, we'll talk to you about something later. Um, thanks guys. And like, she, she waves off at the, the Sarity goes, sorry, sorry about that. I, it's just been a day. It's addressed to Maxine Sullivan. Love your secret admirer. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not sure who sent this per se. Uh, I'm assuming the note is not handwritten. No, it's typed. Yeah. And it looks as though that it's from, you know, one of those big box rose flowers florists yeah. that do things online. How close is it to our birthdays, which are late October? Not far. Max, do you want me to text Oliver to see if he sent you something? Uh, no, I he'll he'll bring it up if he did. Okay. Don't worry about it. All right. Um no, yeah, no. I just got another creepy message online from somebody who's um claiming to know things. We are definitely getting watched or stalked or something. So, oh, maybe I should alert security. Crap. Yeah, cuz was it on the dark web again? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was on Teams. Okay, fair. How did they get your Teams info? I I don't know. I mean, okay, I guess if they are faxing us photos of us to the middle, to the middle of, of nowhere, nowhere and yeah, the same photos to our offices. Yeah, I don't think they have any problem getting a hold of us, but we should... Uh, I gotta go alert security that there was a, a breach. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. You head down to security and one of the security supervisors takes down a report from you. He asks a lot of questions as to who do you think it is? Do you Have you ever seen them? What do they look like? And all of those answers you don't have. You bring up the security breach of them getting into teams and finding you particularly. They do tie into the cybersecurity department that you guys uh, outsource to, and Grandenberg does take that very seriously. Yeah, it's annoying and awkward, and I'm gonna have to wait for a new freaking laptop, probably. So, once Max and I are alone, I'm, what did they want? They didn't say. I asked what they wanted. They just sent me photos proving that someone has at least been watching us at some point. Photos from what? The same ones from Ruth? From us walking to lunch, like, recently. Oh, fuck. (laughs) So, yeah, they're still around. I don't know. They just keep saying, you know what we want, and I literally don't know what they want. So, until they tell me what's going on, I, I can't really help them. 
And I can't really make heads or tails of whether this has to do with, you know, the the other gig we're working or with this job. Right. Like, they keep intersecting, but is that coincidence? I don't know. I mean, maybe we're just noticing it more now that we're, like, aware. Maybe. But, like, the first time was, like, definitely in Ruth. Yeah, I think that was definitely related to that specifically, and we were incidentally there. Great. Or maybe because we already, like, because we worked here and we got that assignment, those two things are kind of together, as if, if, like, one party is watching the other. (laughs) Like... Delta Green definitely knew about Ruth and that's what they found out about us was because we were there. Could this be someone in Delta Green or some other organization that's was watching Ruth? Um, I, I mean, if this is the people that we work for, we really shouldn't work for them. They don't need to, like, threaten us. Have you mentioned this to Rowan yet? No, I haven't. Might be worth a shot if it if it keeps happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's starting to interfere with, like, real life. And yeah. that's uh, not what I want to have to deal with. Okay, yeah, next time we run into her at my apartment, we can mention that. <laughs> you see Allison walking toward your office, and she gets to the doorway and kind of peers in through the window, seeing the two of you and waves. We wave back. Hey, Allison. Hey, what's going on? She opens up the door. I heard that that you've got a a stalker? That's what it looks like. Um, Yeah. They sent us some photos of us. Well, they sent me some photos of, of Brian and me just like out and about in downtown, so... Okay, just out and about in downtown, not anything, um... And then she kind of, like, shakes her hand. They said they knew where Max lives. Yeah. And we're watching. Okay. Um, Seabury wants to talk with you. Oh. Okay. Cool. Don't worry, it's, it's, it's okay. But, uh, we'll get you a new laptop. I'll put in a request to get a brand new one for you. I think the infrastructure folks said we might be able to get one by either today or tomorrow. But... Yeah, shut that thing down, hand it over to Antonio, and Antonio will be able to take it down, take it on down to the mailroom where the the IT infrastructure guys are, where they've got the cage. Yeah, no problem. Is this, does Seabury want to talk to us because of this issue or something else? No, she's going to, because of what you guys are working on, Seabury wants to talk with, with, with you. Is this about, we told you about that guy that took our blood? Yeah. Is this about... Okay. Mm -hmm. Still weirded out about that, but... You're okay, though, right? You haven't passed out or fallen over? Not yet. Yeah, you're you're healthy and hale. And she claps you on the shoulder. Thanks. As you make your way to the partner's offices, you've been there a couple times. They take up a wing of the office. There is a assistant out in front uh, with a large barrier wall with two very large marble statues of elephants with their trunks up and they're rearing up on each side and whole lot of greenery here. The assistant uh, motions for you to go to the left toward uh, Seabury's office. As you walk down the very nice marble tile, 
you get to her office and her assistant has a area that's twice the size of your office. It's just open. Ms. Grandin would like to see you. Um, you can just head on in. Thanks. She buzzes you in and the door opens and Seabury is currently working on her computer. She has a very stylish short haircut that's a very um, regal silver. Her power suit is also a matching silver as well. And she looks up at you as you come in and she stands. Think Meryl Streep? Maxine, uh, Brian? Uh, hello, Miss Grandin. I understand that you have a admirer and someone is reaching out to you clandestine-like. That's one way of putting it. Well, we did put you onto a very important case and group. These things are going to happen. I do worry, though, Ms. Sullivan. I want to make sure that you are properly protected. In our position here at Grandin and Burke, we do look out for our employees, and we want to make sure that we afford you the best protection available to us. Right now, I don't want you to feel alarmed, but I want you to feel safe. We will increase our security here, and I have granted an allowance for a security system to be installed at your home at your convenience. And you also have the opportunity to take a self-defense class, a self-defense firearms class, a concealed carry class, if you like, and that will be handled by the firm. I will have make sure that Eric outside has the information for you, but we want to make sure that you're okay. We don't think that you will need these things, but we want to make sure that you feel comfortable. Is that understood? Does that make you feel comfortable? Yes, Miss Grandin, that actually is incredibly generous of you. Um... Exactly how much of a concern is this account we're working on? If these hackers are as good as they seem to be, what's to say they don't can't just hack the security system? We will make sure that we will use a very highly respected security organization for the home security. The Patagon Owl Society is a how do we say this? They are they're eccentric and they are very private. There are people that wish to know more about them and find any way in they can. So, is it a threat? No, it is not a threat. They are our partners. We work for them, though they have their own adversaries in this sphere. Usually it's people that just wish to know more or apply and try to find anything they can to bring down our client. But if you're feeling comfortable, excellent. I have other business to tend to. Eric outside will will get you your information for the training class. We'll get that scheduled for you. If you don't have any other questions, thank you. Thank you, Miss Grandin. Thank you. Max shows Brian out the door. We're gone. <laughs> Eric gets you set up. He gets your email and, and provides you with a contact at a security group that apparently is going to be installing a security system. You're not familiar with it. It's not one that you see that's got a placard out in front of homes. It's not cybersecurity. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Please don't let it be cybersecurity. They're, they're one of our clients already. Actually, it is cybersecurity. Damn it. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> okay, well then, you know, they sound the appropriate amount of sketchy to me. 
When you get home, Max, Oliver has already gotten dinner started. It smells fantastic in here. It looks like he's made a cacio e pepe, has poured a nice white wine for you. Hey, hun, how's it going? Pretty terrible. So I got um, some weird email or some weird communications today. Uh, I think somebody hacked my laptop and they're, they're just kind of trying to get to one of our clients. The firm is concerned about that, obviously. And um, they were, it looks like someone m might be following around me and maybe Brian. Oh. They made some kind of like ominous statement saying they knew where we lived, but they didn't really provide any evidence of that. But um, anyway, the company is actually pretty concerned and they're being very kind. And so uh, we're getting a security system. Oh. On them. All right, so the one that we have isn't worth it? Uh, well, I guess they want to use their own. All right, well, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, that's nice. Uh, and uh, I'm also going to apparently take some self-defense classes, which is, I think, a little bit concerning as a follow-up to getting us a home security system, but I'm trying not to read into it too much. Oh. Okay, is it like one of those where you go kick a guy in a red suit in the dick over and over again? I think that would be pretty fun, honestly. He raises an eyebrow. <laughs> She's like, yeah, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm not getting dressed up in a padded outfit and getting kicked in the junk over and over again by a bunch of angry, angry women. Ah, well, you know, could be a good time. I mean, is that my hall pass? <laughs> no. All right, no, I didn't think so. We all know it's Jennifer Lawrence anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Come on, sit down. I've got. I've made made dinner for you. It smells delicious. Dinner goes by well, and the security folks show up in the next couple days and rewire part of the house's security and get it set up. You're pretty impressed with it. It does have cameras outside at a couple different places that you can access via your phone by going to their site, um, which apparently is very secure. The guy overwhelms you in techno babble and security babble, but you do understand quite a bit and it seems as though that it, it is secure. For the self-defense class, it is at a gun range and when you arrive, it's being run by a former police officer and military guy and he's going through a lot of basic rules you you get comfortable and it's set up in a very approachable manner they talk about you know different firearms and have people handle mock firearms while they're sitting at tables and then with that there will be a practical application at a firing range in a shoot house shortly thereafter one thing that sticks out in your mind the instructor uh, stands in front of the class. Remember, don't put your finger into the trigger guard until you're ready to fire. Keep it outside and never, ever point a firearm at something you do not wish to destroy. Yes, I use the word destroy, not kill, destroy, because you don't just kill someone, you destroy them. If you shoot someone, their life is ruined and changed forever whether they survive or not. If you point it at a animal, that animal will be destroyed, gone from the ecosystem forever. 
if you point it at a wall or a item, an inanimate object, that will be destroyed and damaged forever. The idea is that this is no joke. This should be your last, your very last choice is to use this violence to destroy. Now, everyone, we have the firearms that have been checked in. They will be waiting for you at your firing ranges. Please head there. You will have for each lane, there will be two of you and there will be an instructor behind you providing you with information as well as tips. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. I hope that everyone enjoys their time and thank you for coming. He was a bit intense, but it seemed to be a very definitive statement in what he was saying. But I think he was trying to drive home a point. Max kind of goes over whatever she's learned. Um, she does have a little bit of firearm skill already, so she's she's probably adept enough to get any protection on and to load her weapon of choice. You go through the course and learn quite a bit. So what we're going to do now is we're going to increase your firearms through a skill test for increasing, improving a skill or a stat. All right, so what I would like for you to do is I want you to roll your skill, roll your firearm skill. If it fails, it increases by 1d10. If it succeeds, it does go up by 1. All right, that would be a 65 out of 40. All right, excellent. So go ahead and roll 1d10. That is 5. All right, so pretty good skill increase. So your skill now goes up by 5. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Ross. I'm Christy Bauer, and I play Reagan. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dream Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 5 is based on two stories, the first is Reverberations by Shane Ivey, and the other is an original story by me, Dan Voshkevich. If you like our story, there are a few ways to support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Tom Padula, M.S. Asnikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedivere, Shrek Manning, Red Dead Coquette, Blardimus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, Kate, DB, Eli the Kraut, Miki Maki, Robbie Nowell, Naya Fenris, J. Matthews85, O. Mateo, Flynn Gallagher, and Phoenix Team Handler Dennis. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. Also, check out our website, www.theredactedreportspodcast.com. All of our handouts are archived there. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to Agent Harker through the contact form there. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quests and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quests and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. 
Additional undercurrent music, Rowan Rising, was composed and orchestrated by Alan Strickland. You could find him at alanstrickland.net. That's Alan, A-L-L-E-N, for his classical compositions. Join us next week. Our own reality bends and shifts, molding the facades we carry daily into grotesque visions we can barely imagine. Echoes of the monarch will take us beyond this industrial hellscape to a verdant valley filled with creeping horrors. The grand ball making ghouls of us all. 